Welcome, friends, to Bishop and the Moose. I'm the Bishop, Barry Klingen, and I am joined by the Moose, Kirk Moose, mooseministriesinc.com, and we enjoy having this moment in time with you to share little words of encouragement uh, from the Scripture and uh, spend a little time talking about things that are the eternal truths of God that really change lives. Kirk, it's good to see you tonight, as Pastor always. Pastor Barry, it's always great to see you. And, you know, I'm so excited about the topic we're going to ha- go on tonight. It's a real issue to talk about, and it's one that a lot of people don't like to talk about it in Christian circles for, for some unknown reason, and it's the issue of anxiety and depression. I put both of those together uh, because, really, uh, we always think of anxiety when we're full, full of uh, fear of the future, uh, something that might happen, and depression kind of is when we are uh, got full of, of worry or, over things that have happened in the past, that's generally speaking, but both of those kind of run together a little bit. And, you know, in Christian circles, it seems like, uh, you know, if someone has something wrong with one of their organs in their body, uh, you know, they have a insulin problem, they go to the doctor, and, you know, we have uh, medical technology today that able to alleviate uh, those issues. But it's really interesting when we have a problem in the mind, Kirk, because when we have a problem in the mind, everybody wants to get run to the spirit real quick and just say that you've got a problem with the devil and all this and not realize that sometimes physically, you know, just like any other part of our body, it can break down and there can be physical problems. I, oh, yeah. I don't think that's what um, the majority of people, when we're talking about this issue, deal with. I mean, it's almost as if I was saying to Kirk before we started, we have to get the obligatory, I'm not a doctor, go see your doctor. You know, anytime you talk about exercise or body, you won't get in the safety zone. But I do think it's worth, you know, as a, as a, person of faith that believes the Bible and the scriptures as truth, I go to it first always. Somebody always says, how do you deal with medicine in your life? It is incredibly simple. You know what I do? I have a headache, I pray, and I take an aspirin. You know, I mean, you know, I want to be common sense, and I'm also going to pray always, though, looking at the spiritual dynamics of what's going on. And and anxiety, depression, those type things are no no different. Uh, You know, I want to look. Why am I feeling these things? And and I know we're in a spiritual warfare. What is the enemy, uh, uh, you know, doing in my life as well? I, I read uh, Kirk where this one uh, Christian um, doctor had written a book, and uh, he had a really interesting phrase. I don't even know if I can repeat it or say it the way he said it, but he said we have. Uh, biopsychologized life you know i don't even know if that's a word or not but he's basically what he's saying we take the psychology that we've run rampant with today and trying to understand who we are and then we sprinkle that with the biology the 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 medicine issue of finding medicine that'll do certain things for our brain and and especially in the areas of pain and he said you know there's good obviously as everybody would say there's good in some of that but too many people have run there too fast too quick and too much and really haven't found help for their lives oh i completely agree i was just listening to uh, one of the doctors that sit on Dave Ramsey's network, mm-hmm. and he was talking about anxiety. And one of the things I loved is he used this illustration about the house is on fire, mm-hmm. but you didn't pay attention to some of the things that were causing it because <laughs> you had plugged a whole lot of devices into one electrical outlet and overloaded it. 
it slowly started smoking over time and after a while it just started smoking more and more but you kept plugging more devices into it and you weren't paying attention <laughs> to what it was what, what was going on but you kept saying why is the smoke detector going off and finally you call a friend over up on the phone and say john how do i turn off the smoke detector he's like well just take it off the ceiling unplug it take out the battery well yeah the smoke detector stopped but what happened then now you have a full-out fire in your kitchen because you never dealt with the thing that was yeah, causing sure. the smoke well what really is the problem here yes well anxiety really is kind of like the thing that caused the smoke mm-hmm. it's, it's it triggered the fire alarm the well actually anxiety is more like the fire alarm i guess you'd say it's telling you there's symptoms that need to be dealt with whether it's in your mind in your spirit yes. in your life something yes. that's triggering fear but what happens so many times we are afraid to admit that there's other things going on in our life that we need to address or we're too stubborn or proud think about how many people we've met that are like i've got this thing especially men i mean come on you know guys let's just admit it let's suck it up and just admit it many times as men we're like you know what i've got this job i've got to do whatever it takes to make sure that i am successful at it well, if there's certain things that are triggering fear and anxiety in you, it doesn't mean that you should run for the hills, but maybe there's things you need to either deal with in your job, or maybe it's a sign that that's not what you're cut out for. Yes. Maybe you weren't designed to fit into a round peg hole. Maybe you're square. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're supposed to go into that square peg hole, mm-hmm. and yet you're trying to shove yourself into a mold that was supposed to be designed for your neighbor or you know your cousin or someone else but what happens we allow those things to come about we allow fear because we don't understand what's happening in our life to build up and we're thinking to ourselves i don't know what's going to happen and that's where anxiety really stems from we don't know and it's the possibility of something that could happen that may never happen but it could never happen that causes us to fear and that's what ends up compounding even sometimes into depression that's you know that that that's a great way to look at that and and to understand that and break it down and i think when you say that about people not re- reaching out for help uh you know in like any area of our life uh you know do that I, i've counseled uh, couples getting married done thousands of weddings and when i'm counseling them these young couples are getting married i say you know if your truck breaks down you know, you're going to go take it into the shop and get it fixed. You know, if you're, uh, you know, this, that, but, you know, sometimes when your marriage, you know, I tell them, you know, gets into trouble, you're too proud to reach out for help. Well, I think that comes over into our, our personal life as well because we've so stigmatized any kind of mental issues uh, of being discouraged to the point of depression or fooled with anxiety that's keeping me from being able to operate and uh, to minister to other people. And I'm really, you know, sadly, through some tragic things in uh, recent years, preachers, it seems, our churches and Christians are reaching out more and more. Uh, Rick Warren, one of the most popular pastors in our nation, uh, had a son that tragically uh, committed suicide, and and he has made that so, uh, he's walked through that journey very publicly, and it's helped untold amount of people, to be honest, what the issues are. I like to think when you talk about that, and trying to understand some roots of this, you know, think about this issue a little bit. You go back to your your body and how God made us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, you know, when God designed us as human beings, and we are f- people of faith, believe that we're not an accident. God designed us the way we are. 
And we look at that, God looked in the mirror and made us in his image. And what was God? The Bible very clearly describes and reflects God as, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one God, but he manifests himself in three three uh, persons, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Well, when we talk about uh, the, the body that we've been made in, the image of God, we also are three, body, soul, and spirit. And so uh, just like the Trinity, anytime we start trying to you know, divide that up too much, uh, we get into trouble and get into heresy. And the same is true about our body. We don't want to divide it up because we're one person, and God has saved all of us. A lot of heresies get started from that. One of the great heresies in the early church was, you know, the body's sinful, and it's evil, and so just let it sin all it wants to. Just keep the soul pure. Well, that's a very convenient theology to do whatever you want to do, uh, but that's not true. God's going to redeem our bodies as well, too. And uh, so we, we recognize that. So when we look at that, what, what are, how does that work? In, in a little simplistic way, but truthful way, you look at that and you say, first of all, with my body, I am built in a way to relate to the world around me. I feel cold. I feel heat. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel things. I, you know, can see things with my eyes. The five senses God has given us that we relate to the world with. So, with my body, I'm, I'm relating to the to the uh, environment around me, and then with my uh, soul, I'm relating to myself. That's where consciousness comes in. That's where what makes us unique and different than all the animals or anything else in creation. And so, therefore, in our in our our uh, souls, we relate to you know ourselves. So you know, I think, therefore, I am. You know, when the great philosopher said. So it's a a, a part of, of that, and that's where we get in trouble. And by the way, the spirit is that part of us that is dead. Uh, until we become a Christian, until we become uh, express our faith in God. And the Bible says, you who are dead in sins are now uh, quickened. You are raised to life. And your, your spirit is that first thing because it's with our spirit we relate to God. The Bible says God is spirit. And the Bible says he's looking for such to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we recognize uh, those, those relations. I relate to the world with my body. I relate to myself with my soul. I relate to God with my spirit. So when you start talking about all three of those, where's the one that gets in trouble? Well, any of those, if you overthink them, and I see people do it in all of them. Uh, I see people overthink uh, the body. They think it's all about protecting the body and building the body and working out and all those. And there's nothing wrong with taking care of ourselves. Some of us could do better of that. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But it goes beyond that. Because it's not just taking care of, of your body, because the body is in a downward spiral, uh, no matter what. I, I love the fact that God gave the promise to the children of Israel, and the shoes didn't wear out on their feet. And Moses had the promise that his eye never dimmed, and all of those things. But still, we age. We go, we go down uh, in doing that. And, and we have to recognize that the Bible says body, body, bodily exercise profits little, but godliness pertains uh, to all things. So... You know, we have uh, we have that with our body. We have uh, you know uh, overthinking that, and and our spirit. You say, can anybody be too spiritual? Well, I see some people that are, and you know they're prophesying over their pancakes, and you know speaking in tongues at the grocery store and everything. Those people make me nervous a little bit. That's just a little too spiritual sometimes. But in all seriousness, where you get in trouble is that middle one, the soul. When we start thinking too much about who ourselves, that's when we get into trouble about the anxiety and the depression. It gets overcharged in that area and has to slow down. And, you know, we can, we can talk about this. I mean, God shows so much very clearly the analysis of that, but we want to get to a cure. 
You know, how, exactly how does right. a child of God live in victory in these areas? And, and, and we said this before, and I'm going to say it to you uh, here, Kirk, and let you explain this, but the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians, be anxious for nothing. Now, always remember this, because people read things like that, and they say it's impossible. What kind of heavenly father would it be if he gave us commandments that were impossible to obey? What kind of father tells his child to do something and there's consequences for it if the child does not even have the ability to do it? So if anything were commanded in Scripture, there is freedom, there is power to obey that. Don't you believe that? I completely agree with that. I even think that if those things that were triggers that we talked about before are something that's causing you to have that anxiety, Mm-hmm. that God's giving you the tools through his word to get over those things. Mm-hmm. He yes. said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. If that's mm-hmm. the case, we need to be drawing on him. And when we're not filling up and like up to the job, mm-hmm. we say, God, give me the strength to move on. Yes. God, I don't have enough. Give me enough. You know, Lord, this thing's weighing heavy on me, so I just lay it at your feet. And sometimes, you know, just like I do, We've got to verbalize those things. Yes. And if we don't verbalize them, it's like we don't mentally actually exercise releasing it. Yes. I think uh, that, and that's the, you know, I say this a lot of times. It sounds almost uh, too uh, uh, easy, but it is easy, you know. Find your victory. Now, I'll show you some things in Scripture about how to get that victory, but, you know, you got to make a determination in your mind that I believe God doesn't want me to live like this. I can live in freedom, and I can live in victory. I'm afraid, and my wife and I have made this comment to each other too many times, that the people that we generally associate with, which are spirit-filled people, they can be the sickest and, uh, you, you know, it seems like the most always having something going wrong, always taking this medicine, that medicine, always going to see this doctor, that doctor. And we're supposed to be the very ones that believe the Spirit's fullness in our life gives us freedom and victory over these things. So I always just say, people, find your victory. If I believe God wants me to live in that, I'm going to find my place of victory. And I, I believe, and we can talk about it, about, you know, just the anointing is what breaks the yoke. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that gives us the freedom over these things i can't think of how many times in my life whether it was a a sin issue or whether it was something that was troubling me about uh, another person or whatever it always comes when you pray it through to get a victory in that area because you know god doesn't want you living in this area well the same is true of activities of our mind we kind of titled this thing a uh uh, how to overcome a tired mind really scripture that's what it teaches us is uh this is all about is when your your brain is is tired and that opens the door for either a small bout of of anxiety or depression or something that gets in there and bothers you for a long time you know it really makes me wonder could it be that the main problem is, is we're dwelling on the wrong things. Mm, very much. I mean, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to continuously, uh-huh. you know, meditate on His mm. Word. We're supposed to continuously pray. If we're supposed to be continuously mm. in prayer and continuously praying, maybe the problem is us. I, I, I would say this almost important. You know, dark places, dark 
it comes from dark thinking. It all originates in our mind. And like I said at the beginning, you know, there can be a physical something wrong with our mind, just like there can be something wrong with my body, uh, with any of the systems that God has made me. When one of them gets out of whack, that's where we have to, you know, deal with getting healed. Well, it's nothing different in the mental area. But from pure stronghold issues in our life, when I started believing a lie, Whatever that lie is, I mean, whatever the enemy has said to me that I have believed, you know, that, that's why I think it's so important that we measure the words that are coming into our life all the time. I'm around church people all the time, and I hear people say something sometimes, and I'll just under my breath say, no, hmm. I, re- I don't reject that, because constantly you cannot agree with things that are wrong and that are out there in that way. And I, I'm, I believe that's incredibly important to get the thinking right. I, I think one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible is uh, Elijah. And most people think of him when you think of this because, you know, we've talked about, we even talked about restoring the altar and some things the other day in a, in a, in a uh, Bishop and Moose talk that we had. But I, I, I really think it's such a great example because he was up on that mountain he stood down the prophet of Baal. He called upon the God, God, the true God. He answered by fire. What a, a marvelous victory that he had on the mountaintop that day. The rain came as he prayed. It had been gone for three years. But then what happens? The evil queen Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And this mighty prophet of God ran and hid in a cave. And, and this is an important part. We talked about this. Here's what our tendency is as human beings that we have to overcome. Whatever we're thinking, we seek out people and places that will confirm that thinking in our life. We got to get free of that. That's so dangerous. It is. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Think about uh, uh, Elijah, an Old Testament prophet. Here, what did I just say? He had that great victory and everything. But when he heard that threat come to his mind, was it a real threat? No. Had God been with him? Had God preserved him? Had God sustained him? Will God do that in the future? Yes. But all at once, he believed that threat from the enemy. I'm going to kill you. And so he ran. And what did he do? He went to the place that confirmed what was going on in his mind. And what was that? A cave. Because he was thinking dark thoughts. I'm going to die. Nobody cares. Nobody understands what I did. Now, see that he came off that big victory, Kurt, because it's always after that fulfillment of something in your life that you've hungered for for three years he's been in this he got the victory but he's been on the mountaintop and then the valley's waiting on him there and just at the right time the enemy says the right word and he does that i i believe this and this is very important what we're talking about here this this is an area where you can get victory right in this moment because here's what you do if you recognize that many times you you know i have found this as a pastor people come to me seeking help they're really not seeking help they're seeking someone to confirm what they believe and what they believe is wrong it's a lie it's That's not right. true and so you got to you know they don't want me to tell them because they want to do it it goes further than that uh, kurt i I'm, i believe music is a uh, powerful source and people that are depressed will seek out depressing music to listen to to confirm their depression or anxiety either way you know that you're looking at that and so what do we got to do we got to break that thing up front when we recognize that why am i seeking that why am i listening to this why am i talking to this person because he'll you know this person i know they'll just pet me on the head and say you know you're going you know they're not going to challenge my 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 thinking in this area well that's no wonder why the bible tells us wash your mind with the word of god continuously renew your mind with the Word. 
So if we're not continuously renewing our mind, but we're continuously ingesting, yes, you know, depressive music or anxiety-driven music, and it's only feeding into what we're go- what's going on into us, yes, then we're only compounding the problem. Uh, it's like compounded interest. You know, it's a, a little <laughs> yes. more on top of a little more on top of a little more, and we've really got to break out of that mold. When when I tell people. You know, uh, someone to come in or need help, and we're talking about it. And when I start saying, "Wait a minute, no, 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 no," you're you're ble- it, it it it's a disruptive force in their thought pattern, which is what they need uh, to get out of that stinky thing. By the way, this goes beyond anxiety, depression. This yes. goes to any stronghold in your life. But it is our nature, it's like, I would say, even our sinful nature, to seek out people that agree, seek out music that agrees with what I'm feeling, seek out uh, people who will confirm what I'm feeling, read books or, or watch programs on TV or something that will confirm that, and we don't even realize we're doing it. And you need a disruptor in your life, and the first disruptor, is yourself to recognize these things, but also to constantly be asking the Holy Spirit, show me areas where someone's planted a falsehood, where I'm, I'm doing this. I want to I want to live clean. I want to get it out. I want to deal with that. I, I, I'm i a simple thing. I've, I've learned a lot, read a lot of books, got a few degrees behind my name. And I'll tell you, it comes right back down to the simple truths of the Bible. On a daily basis, we have to seek the presence of God and allow the Holy Spirit that lives within us to be a truth detector and to every day say, what, you know, I, I want you to help me today. If somebody speaks into my life wrong, if somebody says something, don't let me confirm that. Let me reject that. If you pray and talk like that, God will do that. I mean, God, he will show up and he will be a truth detector in your life, but also uh, you know, through that process, when when you're doing that, you'll learn that you've got to repent every day. You know, people think repentance is something you do right when you get saved and you never have to do it again. No, repentance is a part of the gospel. You 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 live in that every day. So every day, I have to say, God, someone has been saying this, or I've been reading things about this, and your Holy Spirit's telling me that's not right, and so therefore, I'm gonna reject that, and I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna change my mind about what I've been saying and thinking, and, and I'm going to start believing the truth. You know, somebody told me I was ugly. And I said, yep, I'm ugly, and I'm ugly. And then I read the scriptures and say I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and beautiful in God's sight. And I love my – I had a, a preacher friend years ago uh, named Dr. Uh, Junior Hill, a great evangelist friend, and he was uh, he dealt with some weight issues through his life. And he told me when he'd go to all these churches, he was in a different hotel every week and said, sometimes I lay down on the hotel bed and the devil will crawl in bed with me and he'll say, you're fat. And he was overweight. He said, you're fat. And he said, you know what I tell him? You're a liar, devil. You cannot tell the truth. The truth's not in you. Well, I don't know about, you know, sometimes some things are true, but he's not defined by that. And that's the bigger issue that we're talking about here. We don't listen to the enemy's voice. And listen, it's subtle. It'll come to you by your closest friends. It'll come to you from a spouse. It'll come to you from a child. It'll come some, and you'll hear it, and you'll think, that's what everybody thinks about me. That's who I am. No, that's not who you are. You are who what you are what God says. And, you know, constantly living in that. When I've helped people out of strongholds, Kirk, I, I've really uh, enjoyed uh, using some uh, teaching about uh, that where you basically take what the Scripture says about you and 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 uh, one man has written all that together in a paragraph form. And I used to tell people all the time, the ladies in our library at our church gave me a prescription pad, just like a doctor has. And I would write on there and say, here's what I want you to do. Twice a day I want you to read this confession of who you are. 
and I want you to do it for 10 days and come back and see me. And I literally write out the prescription and hand it to them and ask them to do that because the only way you can retrain your mind is start believing the truth, getting in the Word, repeating what God says about you, and then you build your uh, understanding of yourself not on uh, what others think or what the devil's trying to tell you, but on what God's saying. And that is the fundamental key to victory daily uh, over anxiety in your life, allowing well, the Holy Spirit to lead you in that truth. And just to kind of reinforce something that you've already said, mm-hmm. we have to let the Lord give us discernment. Yes. If we don't have discernment, we've set ourselves up for failure. Yes. It's only when the Holy Spirit begins to direct, guide, and point out things in our lives that are not exactly in alignment that we're going to be able to recognize when something's you know causing a problem. It's like being we need to know that smoke the, yeah. <laughs> the smoke detectors oh, going yeah. off. If our ears aren't working, or if you know the, the strobe light's not going off, and we don't pay attention to it, there's an issue. There's an issue. I mean, the Lord will speak into our, he loves us. He will lead us. He guides, he leads, he speaks to his children. All we have to do is listen and ask him to speak clearly to where we hear him. And he, he will do that very thing. Matter of fact, before we, you know, close, cause we're going to talk about things like this. This is so important. And we just scratching the surface here about the truth from God's word about finding victory in these areas. But I want to just take a moment and pray for anyone's listening to us right now. Because so many people deal with this. And uh, they, they, they have allowed this to grow into such a stronghold in their life. And uh, I want to just tear it down right now. I want you to just, in your heart of hearts right now, to just speak to God and, and speak to these issues and say, I'm not going to live in this any longer. And, you know, the Bible says our, we, we, have, we fight a battle and our weapons are mighty through God yes. for the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds just simply when, you know, the enemy in warfare goes across enemy lines where he doesn't belong and sets up a camp to launch attacks. And you have to drive him back to his side. And uh, in our in spiritual strongholds, it's a thought process. The enemy has come into your mind. He doesn't belong there. And he's built up a, a stronghold of thoughts. And you got to tear that thing down. And so by faith, I want to tear it down. And I want you to know something. First of all, God loves you. You're not a mistake. You're not the worst disciple. All of those things that the enemy tried to get you to think, you're beloved by God, and he wants you to have victory. And the victory he's going to give you is going to be so powerful. It's not going to be great in your life. People are going to see what God does in your life, and they're going to come to you, and you're going to be able to help them find victory. As well, You can't even see that right now, but you'll get to that point and do that. Amen. Amen. I, I, let, me, let me just quickly, just a sentence prayer here. Father, in Jesus' name, for those that listen to us right now, I pray the Holy Spirit would speak yes, to them Jesus. clearly and plainly now. I pray the lies of the enemy would be exposed for what they are, and they would be rejected, and there would be repentance on the part of the person to say, I'm not thinking that way anymore. I'm going to think the way God speaks about me in his word. So, Lord, I pray that victory would be theirs in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good good stuff to talk about. Thanks for joining us. But we do also want to let you know that we have just recently added to the Moose Ministries website. You can now find Bishop and Moose right underneath the Equip menu tab. So go to mooseministriesinc.com. You can click the Equip menu tab. And under there, there'll be something called Videocast. Under Videocast, you'll find both Bishop and Moose and also Reclaim Your Life posted right there, which will take you straight in to watch videos regarding different broadcasts that we have available for you to grow. Guys, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.